Welcome to season two of Through the Marketing Lens podcast, your go-to weekly business podcast that's fluff-free, to the point, and filled to the brim with real strategies and honest experiences that will help you in your business. We keep most episodes bite-sized because I know you're busy. I'm Katrina Aronson, your host and a marketing and business strategy coach for small business entrepreneurs. I've started and scaled my own multi-six-figure businesses before even becoming a coach. And my deepest desire is to help women to have the tools and the confidence to do whatever is on their heart and make money doing it. Let's jump into today's episode. Oh, hello there. Welcome to today's episode of Through the Marketing Lens. Today is the last Tuesday of the month, which means it's an interview episode. Um, So it's a bit longer than our normal episodes. And I get to pick the brain of another expert. Today's expert is an Enneagram expert. So, so, so good. Enneagrams, if you don't know what it is, it's essentially a personality test. So we go into a lot of like what Enneagrams do that's different than other personality tests, but also what different types are. And she kind of dispels a lot of the myths around Enneagrams, which is super helpful for me. Um, I am definitely an Enneagram three. And I find that a lot of entrepreneurs are Enneagram threes also, which we talk about in this episode as well. So if you don't know what um, Enneagram you are, we go into the best tests that you can take for yourself. And what, um, just to give you um, a brief synopsis on who we are interviewing here, I am talking to Carissa Harrison, and she is a coach and consultant. She specifically works with Enneagrams, and she works with leaders. So we're talking about executive levels and entrepreneurs of all kinds. She's really passionate, and you can hear that in this episode, about helping people and their teams to use the Enneagrams to help them perform at their highest and their best. And Enneagram will really help you to understand yourself, so help you to grow spiritually, personally, and certainly in your business. So I'm going to let this episode speak for itself and let her kick it off. Oh my goodness. Hello, Carissa. I'm so excited to jump into this conversation today. Thank you for being here with me. Yes. Hi, Katrina. This is going to be such a fun conversation. Thank you for having me. Oh my goodness. Thank you for being here. Um, I genuinely, genuinely am so interested in so much of what you have to say. So as you know, today's episode is all about understanding your Enneagram type and how it can actually help your business. So I want to go ahead and start with the very, very basics. Can you um, just walk us through what the heck is an Enneagram? Yeah, I would love to. Okay, so at the very core, Enneagram stands for nine drawing. So with the Greek word, Ennea is nine, or excuse me, yeah, Ennea is nine and Gram is drawing. And so it's just an ancient personality framework where people way smarter than me uh, figured out patterns in our personality types. And so it can be, you know, compared to DISC or any uh, strength finders or Myers-Briggs. But at the end of the day, what makes the Enneagram different, and I think incredibly powerful, is that it's not just describing our personality traits and characteristics, although it does do that. 
but it's actually helping us to understand what is motivating and driving the way that we think and feel and behave. And so we stop playing around with the symptoms of our behaviors and characteristics, and we get to the root cause of what's actually driving it. And so that's, that's kind of the basic, you know, this is what it is. There's nine personality archetypes that we have to choose from. So you'll often hear people say, I'm a type one or I'm a type three. And then it just goes deeper and deeper from there. So good. I love motivating and driving. Yeah, that feels really good. And even as someone who is a beginner at this um, myself, um, that comes through so much for me. So if someone's just hearing this, they're totally new to Enneagram. How does someone discover what Enneagram they are? And I know it's not a super simple process, but take me through um, the ideal process that you would tell them to go through. Yeah. So my first tip is lean into the process. So Enneagram typing is not, is not as cut and dry as let me take an online test. It tells me what my type is and that's who I am. It's very nuanced. And the reason for that is it's really, it's really about discovering what is driving you internally, what's motivating the way that you think, motivating the way that you feel, and motivating the way that you behave. And so to get to that, we have to have good levels of self-awareness, which depending on where we are in our personal growth, some of us have more of it and some of us are still developing it. And so we, we kind of, I, I tell people, hold your type loosely for the first year or two that you're doing this work. For some people, it's really obvious. And for others, they really kind of grapple with it. And sometimes people will go back and forth between two types. So to figure it out, the best way to do it is to get an idea of the nine Enneagram types and what we call their core motivation. So remember that the Enneagram is not about behavior characteristics. It's about our core fear and our core desire that drive the way that we think and feel and behave. And so at its simplest, I tell people, go read about the core fear and the core desire of all nine types. And then you're looking for which of those core fears and core desires resonate with me the most? Which ones do I think might be driving some of my perfectionism, some of my people-pleasing, some of my controlling, some of my imposter syndrome, some of my fill-in-the-blank with whatever the symptoms are that we want to get under control as business owners? Um, if we can discover what is motivating those symptoms then we're on the right track with our Enneagram type and we're on the right track with starting to show up as the best version of ourselves. Mm-hmm. So Katrina, when somebody's trying to figure this out, they have a couple of options. One would be to order a book that gives a great overview of all nine types. The number one book I recommend is called The Road Back to You. And it's written by Ian Morgan Cron and Suzanne Stabile. So that's a great resource. Uh, Ian Morgan Cron also has a great Enneagram podcast called Typology. If you are someone who likes to listen to things, but you're not super into reading. Um, There's also a great typing guide at the link in my Instagram bio that people can download that gives them a quick overview of online types and the core fear and the core desire so that they can go from there. And then the number one question I get is, Carissa, can I just take a test? I just want to take an online test. 
And I always tell people, be very careful to just Google free Enneagram tests because they're not all created equal. And this is becoming a pretty trendy topic right now. And there's a lot of people who have great intentions, but they don't necessarily have the qualifications. And so the only test that I use with my clients, especially my corporate clients who have teams so large that I just don't have time to individually type them is through the Enneagraminstitute.com. It's $12, but it is the best test on the market. And I always tell people, you're going to get your top two to three potential types from that test. From there, you want to dig into those top two and really kind of see which one do you think resonates with you the most. The one you score the highest on isn't necessarily your main type. It's a starting point. Mm. Okay. That's super helpful. Um, So what you said to me right now, you could get two different types. Answer this. Can you be more than one Enneagram type? No. So we do have lots of layers to the Enneagram. What we want to start with is what is your main Enneagram type? Because from there, once you understand the core fear and the core desire that's motivating the way that you think and feel and behave, Then you can begin to understand how you interact with the other eight types on the Enneagram map, how they're all connected, and how some of those characteristics show up in your personality. Mm. We also have things like subtypes. So there's social and one-to-one and self-preservation subtypes with each of the nine Enneagram types. That adds dimension and nuance within our personality. But at the end of the day, most Enneagram teachers, and I would, I would agree with this, we believe that we are hardwired at birth with our Enneagram type. It is the lens that we see the world through our whole life long. And so the goal is not that we would become a different Enneagram type. Um, and we don't, we don't usually, um, you know... I don't say usually, we never want to encourage that. The goal is that we become the best version of the type that's hardwired into our personality. Now, what we do see is sometimes there is mistyping. And so people will take an online test. It'll tell them they're a type two. And so they, you know, go over the next few years identifying as an Enneagram type two. And then if they begin to do some deeper work and really develop good understanding of the Enneagram and maybe deeper levels of self-awareness, they may actually go, you know what? I'm not a type two, I'm a type nine. It's not that they changed Enneagram types. It's that there was a mistyping in the beginning and they're really getting to the core of who they are at that point in their journey. Mm. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Okay, cool. So you just said something, you said subtype. Is that the same thing as a wing or talk to me about that? Yeah. So this is where it gets incredibly beneficial for our personal growth and development. You know, sometimes people will say, okay, but can there really only be nine personality types? Uh, You know, because they know that human beings were nuanced. And there's a lot of facets to who we are. And so the Enneagram starts with the nine archetypical personalities. You have types one through nine. And then you have subtypes, and those are different from wings. So our subtypes are, um, we all have a primary motivation for survival. 
And so you have self-preservation and that's really, I just need to make sure that my basic needs are met. Is there a roof over my head? Do I have money in the bank account? Do I feel comfortable? This person first and foremost is focused on that self-preservation, getting their primary needs met. Someone with a social subtype, they need to first and foremost focus on, are their relationships good? Do they have a support system around them, a network of people around them? They're primarily focused on that. Someone with a one-to-one subtype is going to be primarily focused on intimacy and depth in a few significant relationships. Mm. And this is important to the Enneagram framework because sometimes people will go, well, I identify with the core fear of the type three. And the core fear of the type three is um, we are afraid of failure or being seen as incompetent or unsuccessful. And But this individual might say, but Carissa, I don't resonate with the typical quote unquote characteristics of the type three. I don't need to be the star of the show. I don't need to be the center of attention, those kinds of things. The subtypes actually help us understand why sometimes someone identifies with the core motivation, but they don't necessarily have the typical, what we would say, you know, are the personality characteristics of that type. So for example, a type three that has a self-preservation subtype doesn't present like a typical type three personality, but they have the core fear and the core desire and the core motivations of a type three. So these can be really helpful when someone is struggling to identify their main type. I usually don't go into subtypes with people unless they are grappling with their main type and having a hard time figuring it out. Ooh, so good. I've never heard of the subtype. So now I have a whole different genre to go into. Okay. (laughs) Um, So the Enneagram wings. So talk to me about that. Yeah. So this is really fun. It's probably one of the most commonly asked questions I get about the Enneagram. And probably because people start out confused about the wings. They take an online test and it comes back and it tells them that they're 97% likely to be an eight, 95% likely to be a three and 90% likely to be a one. And so they will start saying to people, I'm an eight with a three and a one wing, which is totally understandable how they would come to that conclusion. But what's happening here is They're not an eight with a three and a one wing. They are maybe an eight, maybe a three, maybe a one, depending on which of the core motivations they resonate the most with. Because our wings are the two types directly beside our main Enneagram type. So for example, if someone figures out they are an Enneagram type eight, and they are confident that the core motivations of the type A resonate with them, they can have a nine wing or a seven wing. So they can be an eight with a seven wing or an eight with a nine wing. If they're an Enneagram type nine, they can have a one wing or they can have an eight wing. It's Your wing is always the numbers directly beside your main type. So we want to find out the main type. And then from there, we can start to discover our wings. 
and your wings, those can change. There is nuance there. Our main type never changes, but most of us lean pretty naturally into one wing more than we lean into the other. And by that, I mean, we naturally utilize the characteristics of the number that we would say is our wing. So if you're an Enneagram type three and you're driven and you're motivated and you're achievement oriented, you might lean heavily into your two wing and have a softer, more people focused approach, or you might lean into your four wing and have a more creative, authentic approach to life. That three is going to look pretty different if you've got a two wing than if you had a four wing. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, that totally makes sense. So now if someone recognizes this and let's say I'm a three and I'm leaning into the four, but I see, you know, I want to lean more into the two. Is that something I can do work on? Yes. And this is where Enneagram work really starts to become powerful. Once we get into understanding how our core fear is impacting us and how our core desire is impacting us. Usually, I think it's week three in Enneagram work, I'll start to work with my clients on, okay, now let's take a look at the wings. Which one do you naturally lean into? And we'll figure that out. Okay, now let's look at the other wing. What are some of the positive or healthy characteristics of that wing that you haven't been utilizing that you would want to intentionally develop? Because we have access to the healthy characteristics of both of our wing types. And so this is where we begin to create a personal development plan based off of our personality that's not a cookie cutter approach. So if I'm working with an Enneagram type eight, their plan to show up as their best version of their self in business and in life and in relationships is going to look completely different than an Enneagram type two. And, and so this is how people start to have these aha moments and they start to connect the dots and they start to move forward so much faster it's because they're not receiving the same approach that every other individual is receiving. They're getting something that's customized to the way that they uniquely see the world. Mm-hmm. And, and then they're getting a plan for how do I develop some of the, the strengths that are inherent to me that I haven't developed yet. Mm. So good. It really is so good. This resonates a million times Because coming from a business perspective, what happens a lot, and I see this in business coaching, is that people try to emulate what other people are doing, right? We see someone else who's super successful and or or we think they are. And so we start kind of copying the roadmap that they have built, whether it's showing up on Instagram or doing public speaking or whatever it is, and it might not feel good right? And we think of that as bad. But at the end of the day, everyone approaches things differently and different things feel good to them. And this is part of why I'm so attracted to the Enneagram. Does that resonate for you? Oh, 100%. I I literally just got off a coaching call with a client that I have been working with for, she just signed on for phase two of coaching. So we've been working together for um, going on three months. And she said, Chris, I, 
I just realized last week, she said, I've worked with coaches in the past. She said, but they were always telling me the answer. They were always telling me what I should be doing or how I should be doing things. And she said, I was a little bit frustrated at the beginning of working with you because you weren't telling me what to do. You weren't giving me the answer. And she said, I can remember even saying to you, Carissa, will you just tell me the answer? And I wouldn't tell her. And she said, but what happened was you helped me discover the answer. You helped me figure it for myself. Mm. And all of a sudden over the last few weeks, she is operating in her business with alignment as who she is. So instead of trying to be all the things that she's seeing out there and doing all the things that were totally zapping her energy and draining her and frustrating her, she's discovered how to operate. Really, it's a, it's in her zone of genius and then own it from this place of confidence. Mm-hmm. And she figured it all out on her own. I'm just kind of a guide who asks really good questions and helps her discover, you know, how her Enneagram type impacts all of it and points things out. But we don't need people to give us the answers. We need people that will come alongside us and help us figure it out based off of our unique personality type. And that is coaching. That's it. So I love this. This just came up for me. Like I love the idea within the coaching industry, whatever type of coaching it is, that good teachers teach, but great coaches empower. And Mm -hmm. That is why knowing your Enneagram type, knowing who you are as a person and being able to see it through your lens, whether it's business or relationships or whatever it is, it's just so powerful. And it, you know, my personal experience really figuring out like my Enneagram, which I reached out to you and you were helpful and asked me some of the right questions. I think some of it came back to, um, I, I never, I never thought of it as I could be a different kind of three, right? Like I could, I wanted someone to kind of tell me what I was and you weren't willing to do that, which I loved. It was more of a question based. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it always has to be that way. I'm working with a corporate client right now and I do typing sessions for their team before we do the workshop. And the founder of the company was telling me how her employees um, experienced the typing sessions. And she was saying they loved it. There's so much buzz around the office right now. She said, but this particular employee uh, had said, Carissa won't tell me my type. (laughs) You know, she thinks um, she knows which type she thinks I am, but she wouldn't tell me. But she left me with some questions and she left me with some things to, to process between now and the workshop. And, and the reason I won't tell someone their type is I can, I usually have a pretty darn good idea after spending 15 minutes on a call with someone, but at the end of the day, I can still be wrong. And the reason for that is I don't have access to someone's internal motivations. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's going on under the surface that they're not sharing with me, or they don't know how to articulate with me. My job is to take all the information and training that I have about the Enneagram and ask the right questions to draw it out of the individual and then point out some of the differentiating characteristics and, okay, this might look like this type. And so let's look into that a little bit. And how do you experience that? 
if I were to tell someone what their type is, not only could I be wrong, but I really rob them of the growth that comes from understanding themselves better. Yeah. And then, you know, the other thing, Katrina, that I think is so powerful with this, uh, one of my other clients, she's gone through um, the first two phases of coaching with me, and she's an incredibly successful coach in the online business space. And this third phase of coaching we start together next week is now she, as she has discovered how her type shows up in the world and how it's impacting her business and her marriage and her personal life, all the things. Now she gets to shift her focus onto how does she as a coach coach the nine types well? Mm. So it's walking through this Enneagram growth process that I have kind of designed where we look at, okay, self-awareness, how does my type impact me and impact the people around me? How is it impacting my well-being? Now from that, what I've learned, what do I want to manage? How do I want to respond differently to the world around me? Where have I had autopilot reactions that are not serving me well? And and how do I want to adjust those? So we go from self-awareness to self-management. And then where it all comes together beautifully, especially for those who are business owners and entrepreneurs who are leading others, is now let's look at social awareness. Mm. How can I show up and lead and coach and serve the other eight types more effectively? How can I adjust my approach? Because the way that you communicate with another type is going to look a little bit different. The way that you navigate conflict with a type two and a type eight needs to be completely different. The way that you give feedback to two different types has to look completely different. Mm -hmm. And so it really, it really comes full circle. So this speaks to me a lot, but I want to understand So when it's, it's easy to say that, right? So if I'm three and I'm speaking to a two, it would be different than speaking to an eight, but how the heck do I know what other people are? Yeah. So Really, it's going to come down to, so like with this specific client, now that she's at this point in the process, she and I will work together so that she can understand the Enneagram Institute tests that come back. So, you know, she'll have people in her coaching programs take the Enneagram Institute test. I'm going to help her understand that resource so that she can help people clearly understand that doesn't necessarily mean that you are the top type that you scored on. Let's sure. look at the other two. The Enneagram Institute also does a good job. If you, if you know what you're looking for to click through on a potential mistyping, mm. you know, characteristics. Mm-hmm. And then she's a referral partner of mine now at this point in the process, she's had, she's had so many good breakthroughs. She's now sent me to several clients. And so if she has people that get stuck, she knows they can just reach out to me on Instagram in my DMS. And I can ask him a few questions and help them and kind of get settled. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, she doesn't have enough training to do the typing herself, nor does she want to spend the time doing that because that's not her niche, but she can utilize that tool. And then the training that she and I are doing together so that she can get to the heart of what is holding people back faster. You know, there are even, I have peers who are therapists who use the Enneagram framework in their practice, because you can work with someone for two years and never really get to the heart of what's driving them. Mm -hmm. But if you understand their Enneagram type, it's like it illuminates our stuff so much faster. And we're able to connect the dots and then breakthrough happens 
know, I have another client who said, Carissa, I have been working on some of this stuff in therapy for years and you helped me figure it out in like two months. Mm. And it really was not me. It's really just helping people understand the core fear and the core desire of their type and how that's driving the way that they think and the way that they feel and the way that they behave. It sounds so simple, but it is incredibly powerful. It's really powerful. And I think, you know, what has been coming up for me is really simple. And that is my kids. So my kids are so different. I have a boy and a girl and my daughter is someone, you know, we've always talked about like, what are the things that can motivate them? Because those are the things that we're going to positively reinforce with, right? But it's so easy with kids um, that you can really figure out with your own child or really with any kids because they're really open, right? So we're able to figure out like she just really loves to veg out and we don't necessarily let her do that on a regular basis. So it's positive reinforcement for her is electronics, Versus my son who doesn't give a crap about electronics. He, (laughs) he doesn't, he doesn't want anything to do with it. So this boy, if we hold M&Ms over him, he will do anything we want. Right. So I know that's a really basic way of thinking about it, but it keeps coming up for me because they're so open, right? They kind of tell you everything. So it's really just applying that into your life and allowing that to come through. Yeah, absolutely. We've got to stop approaching every relationship the same way because every human being is wired different. And we have to start with understanding ourselves because if we don't understand ourselves, we really can't pretend to try to understand the people around us. And the other thing with this with this process that's important that I always circle back to, and my clients probably hear me talk about it more than they would like to, is this work really has to come from a place of acceptance. It is, it's, it's really vulnerable work. Uh, you know, in fact, I tell my corporate clients at the beginning, uh, make sure you let your employees know this isn't like DISC or strength finders. It's not going to make you feel all warm and fuzzy and excited about your gifts. <laughs> um, there are parts of that because there are incredible strengths to each Enneagram type, but the transformative work happens when we're willing to understand that core fear and that core desire and how that drives the unhealthy behaviors in our life. And so it feels vulnerable. People will often say, oh my gosh, Carissa, I feel seen. This is stuff that I, I didn't think people knew about me. Mm. And, but that's where the change happens. That's where the transformation happens. But it has to start from a place of acceptance. If we start by judging ourselves and you know, putting ourselves down and beating ourselves up, What it does is it inhibits our growth and our transformation. But if we can start from a place of acceptance that just goes, you know what? I'm going to allow myself to be seen and known and valued and loved for who I already am, whether I change or grow another inch in my lifetime. I am worthy just because I'm a human being. We can start from that space. Then we experience just incredible growth. And then what winds up happening is when we want to bring this tool to our coaching relationships or to our employees or to our team members, or even to our family, we mirror that acceptance to them. And, you know, I had a post on Instagram a couple of days ago that went for me at my level of influence, it went viral. Um, and it was all about as leaders, 
how we're, we can't lead people well if we're judging them. Mm-hmm. We just can't. But what's, what's hard is we spend so much time judging ourselves typically that we mirror that to the people around us without realizing it. Mm, it's so good. Yeah, right. But if we can learn to accept ourselves, then we mirror that acceptance to the people around us. Mm-hmm. But we can't give away what we don't have. Yeah, it's a big, important thing to take home as a leader. Absolutely. I want to hear from you. We're speaking about understanding other people and understanding yourself. I want to understand what really made you dig into Enneagrams the way that you have. Yeah. Okay. So we're talking about vulnerability. (laughs) (laughs) And so what happened for me was about 10 years ago, my Enneagram core fear was triggered on stage in front of 500 people. And I was humiliated. I should have just been kind of embarrassed, but it really became kind of a pivotal moment for me in my leadership. And so what had happened was I, I was in my I think late twenties at the time. I had just been promoted into leadership at the company that I was working for. And they had flown all of the new leaders out for training. And we're at the last day of this three-day training series. And it was right when coaching had started to become a hot topic in the corporate spaces. And so they had just walked us through how to coach your team members and employees. And somehow, Katrina, (laughs) part of me wishes I could go back and, and change this. Somehow I wound up on stage role-playing how to coach someone live. So I was role-playing the coach spot and I had a coachee from the audience as well. And we were just going back and forth and, and the instructor was on stage kind of helping us figure this out. And I thought I was doing a great job. So I am an Enneagram type three and our core fear is we are the in the core fear Katrina is the thing that we are all trying to avoid. It's the thing that we're trying to protect ourselves from. And for the type three, that's that we are afraid of failure and we are afraid of being seen as incompetent or unsuccessful. And so we're in the middle of this, you know, dialogue on stage in front of all these other new leaders and all the top people in the company that, of course, as a good Enneagram type three, I wanted to impress. And all of a sudden, they open it up to questions in the audience. And they're walking around with a microphone. And this woman raises her hand and she stands up and she says, excuse me, I am so sorry, but she is doing it all wrong. Tell the story. I still get this like feeling in the pit of my stomach. I mean, I am on stage and I think my stomach hit the floor and my heart was racing faster than it already was. And what happened was she was invited to come up on stage and give it a shot. I was invited to sit down and she nailed it. Mm. I mean, she hit it out of the park. I of course was humiliated. And what wound up happening was I came home and it just, it just, shot my confidence. I wound up having some anxiety that I couldn't quite figure out and place. And somehow someone that I trusted had introduced me to the Enneagram right around the same time. And I realized that that had such an impact on me 
because it had triggered my core fear as a type three. And then that really began my own journey over several years of discovering how the, the type three impacts the way I show up as a leader impacts my marriage. My husband and I, gosh, we do so much differently in our marriage now because of the Enneagram. Mm. Uh, it's now impacted. I mean, the way I hire, I, I began to um, lead my team differently because of it. And then of course that just naturally led to then getting certified and now coaching and consulting using the Enneagram because the implications for me personally have been tremendous. And sometimes people will ask me, you know, Carissa, how long do I have to do this work? (laughs) And it's usually in a coaching relationship. So I'll say to them, you know, the goal is not that you would need me forever. The goal is that you would gain access to the tools that you need to then move forward. And then I'm always available if you need to check in. But the goal is that we would be doing this work the rest of our life. You know, I tell people I do Enneagram work pretty much on a daily basis. I am aware of, okay, what's happening right now and how is my core fear being triggered? Where am I with the stress path? Where am I with the growth path? Where am I with levels of alignment? How is that impacting things? You know, this person that I'm interacting with, even if I don't know their Enneagram type, I usually have an idea after interacting with them for a few minutes, which types they may be and how do I show up and serve that person better? How do I love them better based off of how I understand their personality? Mm. And yeah, so for me, I just, I kind of drank the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Well, it's good Kool-Aid. I get it. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, you said that you're an Enneagram three. I am as well. Um, and we're both entrepreneurs and that, that makes me think, do you find that there are certain Enneagrams that are entrepreneurs? Okay. So I love these kinds of questions. I think certain Enneagram types can naturally gravitate towards becoming entrepreneurs but every Enneagram type can make a great entrepreneur. Mm. Um, I get the same question about leadership. People will say, are there certain types that, you know, are typically our leaders? And it's like, yeah, statistically, we've kind of identified some types who just more naturally lean in that direction. But I always want to come back to all nine Enneagram types can make incredible entrepreneurs and incredible leaders. Typically, type threes, type sevens, and type eights just lean more in the entrepreneurial world Mm. because they don't have as much natural resistance to it. Those Um, are my three that come up when I take the test. The test. Yeah. That's so interesting. Wow. But that that doesn't mean so like if we have a, a type nine listening or a type one or a type two listening, they really do make incredible entrepreneurs and incredible leaders. Uh, they usually just have a little bit more resistance to overcome in the beginning. Whereas a type seven, they are innovative, they are ideas for days, and they typically are, you know, not averse to risk at all. And we all know as entrepreneurs, there's risk to what we do. And so they kind of have a little bit of a head start, but they also have some downsides and some Mm -hmm. shadow sides to their personality that can hold them back that they need to be aware of. 
you know, eights also, they are not risk averse at all. So they tend to just kind of charge forward and take the lead. It's fantastic. They also have some shadow sides that they need to look out for. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's kind of like people will say, you know, what's the best Enneagram type to hire for this position? And we can talk about some of that, but at the end of the day, what I'm looking for when I hire or when I'm consulting with an HR department is not, I want to hire this Enneagram type. It's, I want to hire the healthiest version of an Enneagram type possible. I want someone with a high level of emotional intelligence, whether that's a two or a seven, usually it doesn't matter. But understanding their Enneagram type helps us understand where they are in their level of emotional intelligence. Sure. Yeah, no, that's that's really good. That's a great thing to point out. And what came up for me there, and I want your thoughts on this, is I just read this amazing book called Rocket Fuel. If you've not read it, it's a great entrepreneurial book. And it really basically explains how having a, a business and really running it super effectively, some of the most successful businesses um, don't have one person at the helm, but rather two. And while there might be a quote unquote CEO, that person really does need a right-hand person or implementer. Because what happens is a lot of times the CEO is kind of the visionary and every business needs that. Um, And I feel very aligned with that as the visionary, but in terms of implementation, um, I do need someone to, to be by my side. And I find that with a lot of entrepreneurs that they are either kind of one or the other, right? So, um, what came up for me there is, is if there's a nine or a two or whatever, and I'm not, I'm not saying which one it is because I don't know enough about any of the Enneagram numbers, but, um, there are certain kinds of entrepreneurs. So let's say a virtual assistant. They could be, that's their own business, right? But that might fit better for a certain personality type or a certain core fear or, right? So maybe the helper. Mm -hmm. Does that speak to you? Yeah, it does. So let me give you just a real tangible, real life example. So one of the clients that I'm working with right now uh, has been in the, online operations space. So think online business manager, virtual assistant, like in, she's an entrepreneur, but she's been really going for being on the implementation side of things. Mm -hmm. Yep. And when she came to me, she really thought she was just going to learn more about how to lead other people. Well, she's, she's building a team. What I picked up on in our very first conversation was that she was not operating in a space where she was totally fulfilled in her business. She was really kind of squeezing herself into this implementer spot. And the words that she would use were, I just feel out of alignment. I just feel out of alignment. And she's an Enneagram type eight. (laughs) And I laugh a little bit because an Enneagram type eight is not going to make a great virtual assistant they're not going to make a great implementer. And Enneagram type eight really needs other people implementing for them. And they just need to be the ones casting vision and coming up with the ideas and the strategy and kind of plowing a path forward for people to kind of come along with them. And so we're in that space now where she's, she's you know, uncovered all of this and she's gotten to the point where she, she's, you know, even in a conversation this week where Chris, I finally feel like I'm in alignment with 
my personality and my strengths and all of those things. And so it doesn't mean that an Enneagram 8 can't make a great virtual assistant. Um, I have another client that I worked with earlier this year who just had a newborn baby. She wants to work part-time hours and be a stay-at-home mom. She's an Enneagram 8, and it's working for this season of her life. So it's not one-size-fits-all for every individual, but we want to take into account all of the things, uh, vision, uh, fulfillment, uh, hardwiring, strengths, weaknesses, all of those things to help people show up and experience the best version of their self. And these were all important pieces for this specific client. Mm, That's beautiful. I think that's so great. I think, you know, what happens a lot of times in um, running your own business, deciding to go out on your own, which is scary in itself, is we forget the reason we're doing it, right? Like we, we forget that we're doing it to fill up our cup. And we don't want to work however many hours or, but but at the end of the day, you're doing it because there's some passion there, right? So I just, I see the Enneagram as such a tool to allow you to thrive in your business, in your life, whatever it is. I'm speaking to business because that's what this podcast is about, but everything comes back to what makes you happy and knowing more about your Enneagram, not just your type, but knowing really about your specific core fears and motivators and how to be in that healthy space, that's all going to allow you to show up in the world better and thus fill your cup better. Yeah, absolutely. It's all connected. You know, so I'll tell people I'm not a business coach. I'm not going to sit and talk business strategy with people. I could have enough experience that that's something that I could do. But that's not my area of passion. It's not really the area that I thrive in. But everything that I do helps set people up to be able to do that more effectively Mm. and to be able to do it from a place where they do have that sense of fulfillment and they do understand what's been holding them back. You know, we all know what we need to be doing when it comes to building a business. Most of us don't need another strategy to implement. Most of us need to figure out why we're not doing the things that we know will get us the results that we really want. It's getting to the root cause of, you know, what's keeping us frustrated or holding us back or why do we keep doing the things that we know are hurting us. Mm. It's figuring all of that out. And then from there, we tend to, you know, we tend to thrive. I love it. Okay. So I'm going to stop you there. Um, I think we could probably keep going for a very long time, (laughs) but I'm going to stop you there. And I am going to ask you if someone wanted to connect with you, learn more about Enneagrams, where would you send them? Yeah. So come and connect with me over on Instagram. That is the place where I spend the most of my time. You can check out the links in my bio. There's free resources there. My website is is found there. And then mostly I just love to connect with people in DMs and I'm happy to answer questions and point you to resources. And so I'm super available over on Instagram. Okay. And what is the handle? I'm going to put that in the show notes too, but just so they can hear it. Yeah. It's Carissa Harrison. So I won't spell it because they can look it up, but that's where I'm at. Okay, perfect. Um, Thank you so much. I genuinely love this conversation. It is so important. I, I really believe that. And not just in business, in everything, 
So thank you for taking the time for letting us grow and helping us do that better. Oh my goodness. My pleasure. Katrina, you are always, always a pleasure and a joy to spend time with. It's been fun to collaborate with you on some things. You're pretty incredible in your own right. So thank you for having me. You're amazing. So I hope that you enjoyed that episode. I want to just let you know that we realized that there was a lot of audio issues in this um, episode. We had some microphone problems. I had to re-record the intro and the outro, which I don't have my new microphone on me. So lots of drama going on, but um, I promise you that going forward, you're not going to hear these issues because I think that was the last one that we recorded with the old microphone. So anyhow, I hope you are having a wonderful holiday season. Uh, If you thought this episode was helpful, then please share it with someone and um, any review that you want to give us, you know, if you're loving what you're hearing, it's so helpful for these little engines to grow. Um, Absolutely share this on Instagram and tag Carissa and myself, and we'll drop any of the links that we mentioned in the show notes here so that you can help to grow yourself and grow your business. I am always, always rooting you on um, through the lens of marketing and I will see you next Tuesday right back here. Have a good one. So I keep these episodes short because I know how busy you are, but that shouldn't stop you from growing your badass business. So if you want more growth-centered content, I am here to serve. I want to invite you to hop into the show notes right now and sign up for our weekly emails pronto. Or you can do this on my website, whatever's easier for you, katrinaaronson.com. No catch, just really valuable content that I create all the time that is meant to help you to grow your business brick by brick. That's how I've done it and helped over a hundred inspirational women to do the same. So what are you waiting for? It's totally free and I'll see you in there.